it's your girl Basha and it's Tuesday. So you know what's up? It's time for Ask Basha podcast. So today we're discussing is the Bachelor franchise demeaning to women, in particular, women of color. And I'm joined by some phenomenal women, Dr. Sidel Ross, uh, Mrs. Alicia Bazin, and Mrs. Lisa Lufate. Now, let me give you a little lineup about these women because, you know, we come with heavy hitters here on the Basha platform, you know, amazing women doing amazing things. So it would be remiss of me not to get into their um, qualifications. And here they are, Dr. Sidel Ross, Mrs. Alicia Bazin, and Mrs. Lisa Wufate. Let's start with Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross, who is also Caribbean-American, is an anesthesiologist and pain specialist who currently practices palliative medicine. She's classically trained, she's a classically trained vocalist, sorry, who uses music to care for patients living with life-threatening illnesses. Dr. Ross's podcast, Prescription in Song, is dedicated to promoting awareness of healing potential of music and is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You learn some more about her social media platforms as we go along and everything associated with all our um, leading ladies today would be in this post on Basha blog. Mrs. Alicia Bazan is also a Caribbean-American professional and she graduated from the Boyd Law School at the University of Las Vegas and is currently working as a legal professional in the insurance industry. She's an advisory member for caregivers um, with NCAN, a neuroendocrine cancer support group, and also the creator of Abinus Handmade Jewelry Line that I'm rocking. I'm always rocking for those of you all who are always studying my style and you can get that via Instagram that we'll talk about later. Now, let's talk about Lisa Wufate. Lisa is Asian-American, and she's a Deputy General Counsel for Bold Penguin, which is an Insotech startup. She's a mom of two adults, a daughter with special needs, who is graduate, who graduated sorry, from Ohio State University's special needs program, and a son who is an organic chemistry major at the University of Michigan in Ann Harbor. Ladies, welcome. Are you ready? Ready. Thank you for having me. Yes, let's oh, go. Gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this. And before we get into the, the, the topic of today, which is the Bachelor franchise, and really, is it demeaning to women? I'm so excited. I want to thank all our followers and viewers who took time off from their busy schedule last week when we talked about the fallout um, of the Oprah Winfrey interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. You know, I, I enjoyed your feedback. You know, some of you decided to talk about the queen and long live the queen and so on. Hey, I'm not gonna stop your hustle. I'm over here minding my business. And we were really talking about Meghan Markle <laughs> and how, she, you know, this whole thing affected a woman. Right, right. I respect your perspective. Got ladies, I think we might have a, a part two of that interview, so that's interesting. But today, we're going to talk about the Bachelor franchise. I don't know if you all saw this last night, but I was glued to my television set. Um, Maybe not for all the right reasons. And left. The moment you left, you left and you left and Alicia Beza. I'm starting with you. Okay. 
What do you think? Is the Bachelor franchise demeaning to women, in particular women of color? I would, I would definitely, I would definitely say so. Yes. Um, I, you know, last night I, I'm newly new to the Bachelor Nation, right? Um, never really watched this show a whole lot before, and just happened to kind of get into it um, a couple of seasons ago, just because the TV happened to be on at the time, and it was just like just flabbergasting how you know, some of the things that were done and some of these young ladies were like, you know, okay with it. Um, things like? You know, well, I mean, things that were said. So specifically for last night, um, watching his interaction with Michelle. And when I watched the season, you know, I believe that Michelle was his person, right? And Michelle believed that he was her person. And the way he just like, like they had such a great day and then he just like totally like 180 degrees that night and was like, yeah, you know, I can't get there with you. And I'm like, really? And then his excuse, you know, not wanting to, you know, saying, oh, well, if I had known after the fact that, you know, you needed that time to talk to me when you requested to talk to me after you left, after I left, you know, to, to kind of give so, me some closure. Just to bring our viewers up to speed, you were talking mm. about the fact that she raised, which we all found out at the finale, at the after show, that yes. she requested some time just to clarify a few things because she was caught off guard just like us. We, we thought yeah. that they were all going in the same direction. They were both going in the same direction. It turned out at, that they were going at a different pace. Correct. Correct. So she, yeah. So to clarify that. Right. So, you know, like the backhanded com compliments that are given, like, for example, in that situation where he was saying to her, you know, if I had known I would have come back to give you that closure. And then he was like, but you know, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't have handled it as, you know, as well as you did. You know, I expected you to be, you know, to be mad and upset and whatever. And it's like, really? Like, why would you expect her to be, to have that, you know, well, have we will, negative reaction? We will answer we will deal with his perception of a black woman separate and apart, but I want to move on to Dr. Ross, who is not necessarily a bachelor franchise fan, but obviously oh, no. she's aware <laughs> and she might choose to disclose why, but, but Dr. Ross, how do you feel about how the franchise on a whole, mm -hmm. in particular this season, as Alicia was alluding to how they handle women, portray women. Yeah. So, now, you know what? Some of you may know that I go very hard. <laughs> very outspoken, very passionate about the things that I see. Mm -hmm. um, and here's my issue. So I didn't even bother to look at the finale because I was so turned off from what I had seen prior to that. Mm. Okay. Um, and I am looking at specifically the fantasy suites or when they, you know, they, the, the three front runners kind of Don't get started. Their, their intimate time with him. Listen, I was screaming. Wow. Screaming at the TV. Wow. And here's why. <laughs> what really struck me was the difference in the portrayal of Michelle Young versus Rachel Kirkconnell. Can you define that difference? Okay, I'll, I'll say more on that. 
<laughs> Michelle Young goes with him to a spa and she is scantily clad. She's in, I don't know if it was underwear, a bathing suit. I don't even know what it was. Mm -hmm. And you know, she's slathering him with butter and they're rubbing each other down. And it was just, <laughs> it was something that I, that, that I was like, what, in which century are we? <laughs> because in the history of racist ideas and racist portrayals and racist perception of women, that right there is the Jezebel stereotype. Okay, easy, easy. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> okay, yeah. the black woman as the hypersexual kind of seductress, you know, lewd. This voracious appetite for sex and <laughs> sex and sensuality, but then you have. The, the contrast, no, I, I don't really mean to laugh. Because this really struck, this, this like, really it's amazing. bothers me. It's amazing that I had separate discussions with you all and we saw the same things at separate yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel Coconnell, who then, if you look at what their activity was, they were doing the pottery and she was well clad and, you know, she came across as a wholesome, modest, innocent, sweet young woman. Which I know to be racist, Rachel. Go on. You know, so so there's that. And then you look at I, I see Chris Harrison as as a you know as as the, the face of the franchise, so to speak, because he is the host, right? Of so he's all on the of front them. line, right? Of all of them. Yeah. And then you we all saw his interaction with Rachel Lindsay, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. The but, way he spoke I, down to her. But before we go down to before we go down that road, and I'm going to come back to you on that, because that is certainly something we must address on our platform. I want to hear from, from Lisa um, as an Asian American woman. And I don't mean to single you up because I love our people, but your lens would be slightly different from ours. And I appreciate another perspective. How do you well, see it as an Asian American my lens is extremely different because that clip is the entirety of my exposure to the entire film. <laughs> this, this whole conversation is all I know of The Bachelor because yeah. I've never Maybe seen it. Is it a choice not to watch it? I have absolutely chosen not to watch it for exactly every one of these reasons. Mm -hmm. I, am, I, have, I have a daughter and I personally am appalled and repelled by the very notion of the bachelor and the bachelorette and all of, and many, many of these re reality shows, um, Temptation Island. I mean, all of these kinds of reality programs make me, uh, they're, they're repugnant to my sense of personhood. I just yeah. find them yeah. appalling to my sense of not only being a woman, but being a person in yeah, a right. relationship. Yeah. And do I find them to be um, appalling? Yes. Do I think that they are uh, repugnant to women? Yes. Do I think that they are repugnant to women of color? Yes, all of the above. And so I've never watched them. So I honestly would love to interject opinions about the show on mm -hmm. a specific level, but I really can't offer anything on a specific yeah. level because but I've never seen it. And as I told you prior to this, you know, we had our pre-discussion. I mean, you're, you're also here just as a woman with, with high standards and a woman um, of a particular stature from a different culture. And you, your views matter. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate that. Your views um, matter. Every woman's view matter. But yeah, so go on. Offering, offering, I mean, hearing what you've offered and just simply hearing that from my own perspective, mm-hmm. I think it is, it, it only reinforces everything I thought from simply seeing clips on, you know, trailers for the show. Yeah. It, it just reinforces what I thought to be true, which is, you know, societal norms are bad enough and we all know what those are just by living here and living in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. But to, to it, it reinforces what I thought to be true, yeah. which is, you know, for these women, and I had a, a friend, a woman who happens to be a young woman of color who mm-hmm. wanted to be on The Bachelor mm-hmm. and thought that was something to strive for. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I offered her my counsel and thought, I really think you could do better. She's an attorney. And I thought, I think we you can do better. Attorneys. We had several attorneys this season. Women of really? color. Yes. And Watch. I thought, you know what? You can do better. And she was disappointed that she wasn't selected. And I thought, oh, you know, I just really think you could aim a little higher than that. Um, yeah. I'm, I just don't understand. Well, no, I do. I do understand why people do this. I do understand what they're going for. And I think it comes from not thinking... Personally, I think it's just not having a high enough opinion of yourself, or it's just simply liking the idea of fame and fortune and all the things that come at after. All cost, at all costs. You know, um, just a side note before we I go back to Alicia regarding certain comments. But, you know, what was interesting to me from a professional perspective as a woman of color who, who education is important to me and, and upward, upward mobility, et cetera, um, all of the black women that I saw at the forefront were professional women. Mm-hmm. So it said to me that even uh, and even as a woman of color, you have to be overqualified for a position that doesn't that clearly does not require qualifications, because mm-hmm. there were other women whose professions did not require certification but they were not women of color. So that struck me, as you said, that the young lady you 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 know um, who was interested was an attorney. But I want to go back to the issue of, and Alicia tried to touch on this, and I said, pull up. But this is something. I don't know that Matt, who um, ended his relationship with racist Rachel, recognized that he... Um, unleashed, unleashed, sorry, uh, and kind of backhanded compliment to Michelle last night when he said, and I quote, that he was impressed with Michelle because I think Matt was in love with Michelle theoretically in, her, in his head. She's good on paper and she was definitely wife material, not because she's a woman of color. That's not the reason, but she really was a winner for many people. She was good on paper. She's a school teacher. But Matt said Rachel impressed him because she knew as a woman of color in situations where she could have been very aggressive, she handled it very well. Alicia, you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. I I saw this this clip recently about how there's such a dichotomy when we have the same, when women of color have certain 
anxieties or certain um, issues that we're dealing with, depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to have the similar type of reaction to it as someone who is not of color. So like if we have depression or anxiety and we kind of like try to act on it, we come off as having an attitude. You know, yeah, we have a bad attitude. We're the angry black woman. Whereas folks of other, you know, they get, there's a a bit more coddling and um, (laughs) I don't know. It just, it just, it struck me, you know, to to Sadell's point, um, you know, how those, you know, the, the types of, the types of um, little acts that they had them doing, you know, the boxing, the different things, like all of that stuff is like so demeaning, you know? I mean, not just to women of color, but to all of the girls, you know? But it was like, it, it just, you know, as Sadell pointed out, it was just kind of like heightened in that when you look at the, the difference in how Michelle, her um, outing was handled compared to how Rachel's outing was handled, I mean, at the end of the date, Rachel got fireworks. Like, where was Michelle's fireworks? Like, did she just have fireworks too? <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, that, that really, I mean, I, I think I was just so, when I heard what he said, oh. it just had me so flabbergasted. I had no reaction. I'm like, really, dude? Like, you're just playing into everything that, you know, like, why yeah. would you yeah. say that? Okay, he yeah, you that think she be- carried herself very well for a woman of color. anyway yeah like and and so and into his defense though I will say that perhaps he does not have as much exposure to women of color his mom his mom is white his mom is Caucasian probably has a lot of family members you know as you can tell his dad was not in the picture so he definitely was around his mom's side of the family he's a big man He's a big man. That's not an excuse. I have um, no, friends. I, who are, I, I, have, <laughs> I just, just want to make this point. I have friends who, women of color, who are married to white men, who has a different opinion of women of color than Matt does. Mm-hmm. And he lives mm-hmm. in New York City, right? Yeah, right. that's not an excuse. Right. And their mama and papa white. Lives in New- <laughs> I mean, he's had a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of opportunity. <laughs> so you know, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's come off Matt right now for a moment and talk about the franchise in a whole. When you look at the statistics, right, where this, this franchise went through twenty five seasons before they could select a black man or a man of color as their lead, it took mm-hmm. them thirteen seasons to select Rachel Lindsay as the first black bachelorette. And now they have announced that Chris Harrison will be returning, will, will, will not, sorry, be returning this next season, they didn't say forever, um, <laughs> to, the, to the Bachelorette. He will be, be replaced by Tasia Adams, who, who was the black Bachelorette who replaced, I don't remember her name. Um, was it Dana, I think? No, no, for Claire. 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 Yes, Claire. Claire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, during you know, this Claire season started taping before the Black Lives Matter movement and all the insurrection we had last year. So that was a quick fix. They stuck Tasia in and she she admitted it. It came as a surprise. She was eating donuts and she got the call. <laughs> so they have now chosen after 13 seasons and um so on and so forth. 
They have now chosen Caitlin Bristow and Tasia, black and white. They're trying to play it safe because they can't lose that audience and then they can't, you know, they can't, you know. So is it that we're finally worthy as women mm. to host a series? Because Chris Harrison was hosting all before he gave the wrong answer and he's now being <laughs> pastified by, what's the pastor name? Um, one of our guys. Um, you Michael feel me? Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson is consulting him. Yes, oh, Michael really? Eric Dyson is yes. giving him some good, He needs to start a university course. I see. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for that. So I believe that we are walking backwards um, as women. If we are cel we're still celebrating the first Black, the first Asian, the first and, and the only, we're still celebrating things like that. And when you celebrate something that's not right, you're making it okay. What are your thoughts? I mean, I remember before you answer me, I remember uh, now Vice President Kamala Harris said that her mother told her, Kamala, you may be the first, but make sure you are not the last. And that stuck with me because my, my dream, Dr. Martin Luther King had a dream, but the dream that I have since the one that he had is to see diversity. I don't want to see all black anything because I'll be the reverse. I don't want to see all white anything. I just want to see everybody getting along and pushing each other up. Sit up. This one is yours. Um, what do you think about the stats that I've just outlined? Because to me, this was reactionary. This yeah. is not genuine. Of course, I agree. Contrived. The whole thing is a PR stunt. It's contrived. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is a PR stunt. I mean, it is clear that this franchise is not ready for that, for, for a real strong, solid commitment to, to inclusivity and to uh, embracing diversity and celebrating diversity. That is not where they are right now. If they were there, Rachel Kirkconnell would not have been there as a contestant because mm -hmm. they would have had serious vetting mm -hmm. of the contestants. Correct. And they would have seen these things that are racially insensitive and hurtful, and she would have been nixed. <laughs> that's 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 my feeling. There were uh, other problems. Sorry, but it's just that Matt didn't choose them. You had you had one with a mug shot. I mean, I'm just saying yes, yes. mug shots didn't get there. You know, and and there were prior on prior seasons, right? With the the Bachelorette, you had contestants with other issues. You know, again with other related to other racially insensitive and discriminatory issues. <laughs> Chris Harrison would not have said what he said. <laughs> if, yes. If, uh, if the if the franchise really had been serious, yeah, yeah, I that would that. have been unacceptable. And so, and even yeah. now, you know, they have they had Emmanuel Acho replace Chris Harrison. And Emmanuel uh, did an amazing job. I have to I say, I don't so. know how Alicia felt about that, but I want to uh, ask Lisa. So I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I just think that it, they're not ready. Lisa, how do you feel about the celebration of the first this and the first that and the first woman and the first Asian and the first? Is this acceptable? I I would have to respectfully disagree with your position, if I may. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do think celebrating the first is not necessarily equivalent to somehow discounting the rest. I think it's okay mm -hmm. to celebrate the first and acknowledge that it will not be the last, and it that it's still okay. I mean, celebrating Kamala Harris is the first black and first female vice president and Asian, is and Asian. right south asian, and and asian and I, Caribbean. 
and, <laughs> and everything that she is. I think it's fantastic to celebrate all of those things and at the same time say, and she will not be the last. Yeah. But I think it's it's okay to say she's the first. Okay. I, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I mean, I watched last week and the week and maybe the couple weeks before where we were celebrating the first the, in the Super Bowl. We had the first woman to officiate in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then two weeks later was the first woman, the first African-American to, to officiate in an NFL game, uh, mm -hmm. a female. And I think all of those things are great. Yeah. They just, in my mind, they just become, and eventually the firsts won't be exciting anymore because they'll be the norm. It'll be like, right. oh. That's, oh, that's no big thing anymore because, because it'll become ordinary. And yeah. that's when it becomes okay to stop celebrating the first because it's like, oh, it's the first boy to, first boy cheerleaders are, aren't, you know, boy cheerleaders aren't a thing anymore because they're everywhere, right? So that's yeah. what it, when we stop celebrating them anymore because it's commonplace. But I think the first is exciting to see it happen because then you start noticing it and it's, yeah. I so for my it, for me I I think it's exciting because it makes me notice it and it makes me think oh that's great it's it's starting to happen and I get excited and then people start to pay attention and then people start making it more of a mm -hmm. an object and yeah. I I think it's okay for me personally I get excited so about it. This is why we have a platform like this. You feel me? Where women, bright, intelligent women, can come and respectfully disagree and not be seen as aggressive because we got a mind. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I I accept your interpretation, Lisa, I really do. Um, I've always been one to celebrate the first, but I think my frustration is in now saying, hey, okay, well, we've had a first, where's the other one? And But I accept what you're saying and you're right, you know? I, I guess I'm a little frustrated and a little impatient with what's what's taking place. I just want to remind everybody before we go further in this discussion to follow um everyone on I'm not sure if Lisa is a huge social media um personality, but you know you can follow your girl Bash at Basha Powell on Twitter, Facebook, everything, and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to this blog because we're gonna have some more fabulous, amazing women. You feel me? Um, Dr. Russ, tell us where we can follow you. Um Sure. So I have my website, uh, sidelrossmd.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, there, there are links to all of my social media uh, platforms, sidelrossmd mm -hmm. on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. Abiness? Yes, you can follow me at abiness underscore designs on Instagram, where you can see some of my lovely creations such as this. Yes. And such as this, these lovely Kumihimo style bracelets that I wear and I make. And, um, yeah, they're phenomenal, guys, you know. Necklaces, too. So, yeah, and we'll, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll do things um, as you commission them. So, I'd love yeah, to. Cool. Lisa, what about you? Are you on the social? I, I do not have any social media platform. I'm sorry. I'm a little backwards. Just kind of, just no, kind that's, of a personal, personal. that's a personal choice. I have many people who have exciting lives but a quiet social media presence. So on the topic yes. of let's go back to the whole season with Mark and the seasons before, right? One of the things that struck me was this <laughs> first with Matt, right? I had this pet peeve all season. Um, whenever he was interacting with a woman, he would appear to to massage their legs, right? 
I'm not sure whose phone is that. <laughs> is it mine? <laughs> I think it's a spare phone we have in the house and it's going oh, to keep okay. it because I can't leave it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So one of the things that got me with Matt was his desire to caress the leg of every woman he was interacting with. So all season, I said, you know, anywhere else, any other establishment this would have been considered sexual harassment until <laughs> until i saw matt doing the same thing to his mom last yes. night what it was so sexualized when i saw him but apparently that's his thing oh wow so he's accustomed digging into his mom's leg like with a finger oh, okay. yes. i'm just saying i've got a son if my son was doing that to me i'd be like listen <laughs> that is not that is not okay <laughs> And I love my son. I'm just saying. That I mean, what about a that, hug? That, I can still understand a peck on the lip. Like, oh, wow. love you, mom. Or you if he held my hand a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Rubbing my lip. He was digging into their tie. I yeah. said, I mean, you, you can go back and see the clips. It was just his thing. And I was like, this is too oh. much. You know, a time to just run up and, like, if he's out on a date with, with six women, I remember, or 12 or whichever, I would see him run and just, as we'd stay in the crib and bust a kiss on our legs. <laughs> And I'm like, well, there we go. You know, <laughs> you know and, <laughs> so the thing is, <laughs> in many cultures, it is common practice for, for but I want to touch on something Dr. Ross said earlier. It's common practice to audition, as I call it, for a husband. Um, some other some cultures call it arranged marriage, arranged marriages. No matter what you call it, it's auditioning. On this platform, we've leg legitimized um the idea that young women have to now come and audition for a ring, for, for whatever you want to call it. And that, I'm not sure what message we're sending to our young girls, our daughters, or our sisters, or, you know, women growing up, mm. that they have to now audition for love, audition for affection, and they are only somebody when they go with a group of women. And, and last but not least, before I hand over the mic, that fantasy sweet experience blew my mind because with all respect to cultures such as the muslim culture or the hindu culture or other cultures where women have arranged marriages i am certain their mothers and fathers don't tell them hey go spend the night with him and see if you're the one i saw this man spend the night at the fantasy suite successively with three different women and then sent to parking that that's not right you feel me dr ross so not only are they auditioning, um, as I said earlier, you know, it's the way in which they're auditioning and the, the, mm -hmm. the disparate ways in which they're auditioning, because mm -hmm. clearly, you know, one type of woman auditions in a certain way and the other type <laughs> auditions differently. <laughs> the other hmm. thing is that you have to audition in, on this particular platform in this franchise, but you also have to kind of look a certain way. And what way these that? women is there anybody there upwards of a this is the i'm getting to the issue of body image here and not necessarily you know mm -hmm. does anybody that's a good point that, does anybody on that uh, any of those contestants anybody above a size eight i, I don't think so i doubt it 
Is anybody above, above, above size? Is anybody above a size four? I, I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> right, right. And then I'm I'm waiting. Maybe one of these days somebody will show up with hair like mine. Maybe. We had we had a hair similar to yours. Um okay. Right. It would be nice to see a bit more of that, but but I we also had one that, that was similar to my favorite style of a bald head, but you know she wasn't going anywhere. I'm serious. <laughs> Yeah, so again, it's it's that. It's the auditioning and how you audition and what you're supposed to look like and this, the definitions and standards of beauty that they're going for that really bother me. And then, yes, I mean, this idea of what happens in the fantasy suite. That I have two me. daughters. I have two daughters. <laughs> two daughters. And I would not be happy. I would be really hurt. Mm -hmm. I would be cut up, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. If I were to learn that, that this is what they are doing, mm -hmm. you know, this is the kind of where they are competing for love. Yeah, for a, for a, for a husband. Um, for what are your thoughts, husband. Lisa? Sorry, what, what are your thoughts on what uh, we just described? I, I have questions, actually. So okay. this is, I think, a lot of this has to do with the diversity issue that we're talking about. There is none. This is all American culture, right? Mm -hmm. This is all American. So, so the cultural questions I have are are one is. I'm not aware of any culture and I'm not saying there aren't any. I'm asking, first of all, the question I have is about the show. Are they are they having sex in the fantasy suite? Is that happening? <laughs> it is and implied. It's so heavily, yeah. no, let me so, just say, let's, let's give heavily a plea. It's heavily implied. Okay, yeah. and, and are the women selecting their fantasy? Is he selecting the fantasy based on the woman or the producers selecting the fantasy based on the women? The producers are selecting the fantasy because they're given a okay. card and they said, if you choose to forego your private rooms, you can have this suite. So the producers, uh, this okay. is this is produced, huh? Okay, got it. For those so, of us in television, so, we know it's a pr production, but it's sure it's, it went down. They had to well, walk in the night, the morning after. Mm. Right. So that makes that makes sense because that that was my question was like. Depending on who's selecting the fantasy, if it's the girl, then we're then the girl is selecting the pottery or the mm -hmm. bathing suit. Then, but if it's the producer, then that's a whole different ballgame, right? Yep. So, yeah. um, and then, then, then I have a whole different opinion. I mean, these girls, and do they know when they're? They obviously know when they're going in. They're going to be expected to have sex with this stranger, yeah, they know, they know and they're sharing him, and they're sharing him with all these women, that's and. Disgusting. It is, <laughs> and and I'm trying not. To, I mean, not to mouth, no. <laughs> but but from a from look, I I'm I'm a woman. I've been married and divorced. I know exactly how it feels to be, you know, selected and unselected, and <laughs> and mm. what it feels mm. like to mm. to put yourself out there and then um, feel judged and not good enough based yeah. on what you look like or you don't look like. And th this is damaging. I'm, I promise you these these women are gonna be in therapy one day. I think so. I think I think so. And, and you know, one of the reasons we created this particular podcast, you know, is to just remind women that we have an obligation to lift each other up instead of tear each other apart or, or put each other down, you know? And when you see shows like this, and this is a reason that we were targeting this particular show, how does this help us? When we're trying to tell women, it doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from, 
you are beautiful. You are as beautiful as you think about yourself. You know, block out those stereotypes. You know, you have to love you first before you can invite someone else in to love you. And then you tell your daughters that, you tell your, your, your woman you're mentoring this, and then you turn on the television and boom, you see women in cat fights over going on, feeling totally yes. inflate, deflated, because they didn't get a date card for a one-on-one and they have to share this man. I would like to teach my nieces and I would like to teach young women that I mentor that you are not supposed to audition for a man's affection. You are supposed, a man is supposed to audition for your affection, for your love. He is supposed to wine and dine you. And in fact, as I say that, I remember when I knew for sure, my husband and I talked about this, that Rachel was going to be the one, if not in the final three, the one. She was the only one, Dr. Ross, that Matt took on a shopping spree for red <laughs> No, no, no. He didn't buy her yogurt. He did not buy her Victoria's Secret. He bought her designer clothes. This is way before the we even got today, right? And mm-hmm. he, she was the only one. My girl came in with her designer dresses and her red bottoms. And, you know, I have mm-hmm. this theory that no one can take from me. But you see a man, when he loves you, he will put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. He, he felt that she him. was deserving. He felt that she was deserving. She didn't even do anything oh, for us. That, right? That's what he felt. Early. Alicia, That's did, what did he you felt. see that part of it as well? It was pretty early. Yeah, Correct. It was, it, no, it, it was definitely early on. And... Yeah. You know, I was just like, wow, like red bottoms. Right. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. pretty sad. Like I find him really sad. <laughs> well, I think you know, he, so I think he had an I think he had an awakening himself uh, based on yeah. that beard and so on that he's rocking like like you know. Yeah. Yes, I see he's, that. <laughs> he's, he's going through a whole black awakening because you know there were uh, several people, even on Good Morning America, they outside of Emmanuel Archwood, um, Michael Striano, so one of them, they asked him if he would be prepared to, to forgive her. And he totally did not hear that question. He, oh, really? Yeah, man, my boy riding with the Black Lives Matter movement and talking about Brianna Taylor and tomorrow. He's up in it, he, okay. he's back there. He, you know, he's, he's black again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, but I it's not helping us. It's yeah. not helping us. It's not it's, helping us. Yeah, but right. at the end of the day, the wrong message is being sent. And as I said, from day one, he had zeroed in on her based on the fact that he was willing to put his money where his heart was. There were several women at that point, and she was the one who received the, the most expensive gifts. Again, I don't I don't watch the show, so I don't I feel like I'm not sure I have a lot to offer in this respect, but from a relational perspective, I would simply say that the person um that can be their best self is the person when you can be your true authentic self mm-hmm. and f- feel like you're your best self, that's when you find a match. And if any one of those girls mm-hmm. can stop trying to be someone they aren't and feel like they're the best self with the guy, that's the one, then she knows she's with the, then he's the right guy for her. Correct. And, and that's and irrespective of your color. Exactly. And if she's like trying to be somebody she isn't, then she should stop trying and be like, okay, he's not for me. I'm out. And, and that's what every one of those girls should be thinking and not trying to win some contest, but be like, oh, I'm going to be 
just whoever I am. And if it feels right, mm -hmm. then great. And if not, I'm out. And just be done with it at that point. But that's, unfortunately, it doesn't fit the model of the show. So right. I was just out. about to say, Lisa, the very premise of the show is to stir uh, the pot and promote the rivalry oh among women and to right. demean women and make women feel than less that than, than, than they are, you know? And if, if you go there and you're not a very confident, um, assertive woman who who's in, in love if you're not in love with yourself and understand that you're worthy i mean if you if you are all those things perhaps you wouldn't end up there but it's exactly it's, it's just a shame you know that that exactly. this has to happen you know but ain't nobody got time for that you know i want to to, to help women to change this this stigma and you know in wrapping up i just want to thank you ladies for joining me i mean this discussion could go on and on because as women um, professional women, women who in some way or the other, we've all been in the corporate world and we've, we've just witnessed what other women go through. We have an obligation to lift each other up. You know, I always say to the, to women, fix your crown, keep your head up high. You are worthy. You know, if you see another woman flourishing or struggling, you have a duty to have, to give that woman an encouraging word. To, to say something beautiful to, uh, to that woman because she's also a woman. And you know what? Depending on what comes out of your mouth, it takes one to know one. Remember that. It takes one to know one. So we are all beautiful. Respect. We are all beautiful colors in, 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 in one big rainbow. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love you, Queens. Thank you for joining me. I can't thank wait you. to talk thank to you, you all again. And thank you guys for watching. We want to, we love your feedback. However you feel, if you're a big fan of the Bachelor Nation, let us know. We don't <laughs> mind, you know, we, we know what's up, but these are just all thoughts, you know, it's not thoughts. It's not meant to, to belittle anybody, but it's meant to remind women that we need to uplift each other. So thank you for watching. That's a wrap. It's your girl, Vasha. Subscribe to this vlog. And don't forget to follow me on IG and everywhere else at Vasha Powell. I'm out. Ciao.